Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to our online campus. My name is John. I'm one of your pastors and just so thankful that you're here with us today. We love to think about the fact that as we prepare for worship, as we prepare the message, that we have people all over, not just the Fontana area, but really all over the world who are listening to today's message and worshiping with us. It's so exciting for us and we're so thankful that our family, you know, we see the family that we have here, but to know that you're our family as well, and we're so thankful that you're here with us. Um, one thing I'd, I'd ask you to do, if this is your first time uh, online with us, if you could text the word new here as one word to 818-818, and just let us know that you're here. We'd love to just welcome you and say thanks for being here. A um, few things I wanted to bring to your attention. Before we head into worship, we have some great things going on, and we'd love for you to be involved and to just press in and see what God has for you. And so the first is we're doing a toy drive here through CityLink, our, our local outreach provider that we're uh, connected with, and it's an amazing goal that they have this year. They want to bring together 4,000 toys uh, to bless kids in the local community. And so you can still be involved. It's not too late. Up till December 13th, you can bring your toys into the Upland or the Fontana campuses, and you can drop those in one of our bins. We're going to be collecting all those and then on December 13th in the afternoon we're going to be doing our sort and praise where we're getting together and uh, praising the Lord and figuring out how these toys are going to be distributed to the community. And then on the 15th, December 15th, you can come out and you can actually be a part as we do a mobile distribution. And so you can find all that information on wallupdates.com. That's wolupdates.com. And you can jump in and get involved with your small group, with your kids. Uh, it is really, really great. Uh, also coming up, in January, we're starting the next semester of School of Ministry. And now it's not gonna be quite the same as we've done in the past, but it's all gonna be live instruction online. And so they're gonna be doing informational meetings in January, but you don't have to wait for that. You can jump in right now, go to som.school, and you can find out all that information about what they're doing, what they're up to, and how to get involved. My wife and I uh, did that two-year program a few years ago. And it was amazing. It was so good to be able to spend that time with her and just learn together and grow together. We still talk about it. Uh, we still have people in our small group who were a part of that, that uh, time in our lives. And so just want to encourage you, you can go to som.school and get more information today. Another thing we want to let you know about is it is time. We're ready for Christmas services. They're coming up in just a couple of weeks. And so we have all of our times for our Christmas services available. You can go to wallchristmas.com. That's W-O-L Christmas. And uh, we're having services at noon, two, four, six. And uh, our, our big service for candlelight is at 11 p.m. And so we're also doing services at Upland at 6 p.m. And I with Vida is doing a service at 6 p.m. as well. And so I want to encourage you, however that fits into your family rhythm, however you normally celebrate Christmas, if there, if there is normal this year, uh, if you're here, you can come at all those times. And also you can watch online during each one of those times. I want to encourage you, maybe you get your small group together and you come, or you stay at home if you're grabbing your family together and you want to you celebrate from home. And so uh, you can get all that information at wallchristmas.com. Uh, before we head into worship, I want to encourage you really quick. Uh, we, we have... Um, four Gospels that we kind of go back to all the time for the Christmas story, the story of Christ's birth. The one that's probably the least used is John because he doesn't go into the normal things that we hear about. But I love what he says in John chapter 1, verse 14. He says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And so today as we head into worship, I'm going to be praying for you. And if you want to worship today with your tithes and offerings, you can always do that through the Water of Life uh, app or you can go online at wateroflifecc.org. 
So Father, I just pray for my friends uh, that are watching online. God, that you would uh, meet them in such a beautiful way in this season. Father, that they would see and experience your glory and your truth, just like what John wrote about here. So today as we worship you, may we worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, may your spirit come to us that we would experience him. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're heading into the worship center right now. Let's worship together.
in this season, water of life. Let's continue to invite the Lord's presence in this place. Lord, we welcome you. Come fill our hearts with your joy and your peace, and we will sing of your goodness in every season. We love you, Lord. Let's sing like this.
I sang that song about five times this weekend. And, and it was still so refreshing and encouraging to my soul. Sometimes we have to sing it till we believe it and say it over and over and over and over again. God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. Your ways are good. They're certainly better than mine. So Lord, would you wrap us in your goodness today? Will we be immersed in your love today? As we call on the name Jesus, the name that gives us hope, the name that gives us life, the name that gives us encouragement, we lean into your name today.
too good to me, Jesus. Been too good to us, Lord. Always faithful, always consistent. Always right on what you're doing or stall what you're doing God but let us be in the flow of what you're doing let us see through the thick of the pain let us see through the thick of the situation and see your hand in the middle the wheel within the wheel and you're working Lord thank you for your presence thank you for your freedom thank you for your love we're in awe of your majesty. We're in awe of your splendor. Mm. What a good God you are. Thank you for this time, God. Whether we're online or whether we're here in the room. Let us experience you in a fresh way and be changed forever. This world needs you and we've got the light. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we thank Jesus for his presence, amen. We are so glad you are here today. And I know it's still tough to not hug necks and shake hands, but before you're seated, I want you to wave to a few people around you. Welcome them to church as we continue on in our service. God bless. today. Wasn't worship good? Ooh, worship was really good. If you're online, we want to welcome you as well at Upland, Townsville, wherever you are in the world. We're just glad that you're with us today. And so, um, wow, long week, huh? Yeah, a long week, a good week, but a long week. And how many know the Lord has surprises for you? You never know what it's going to look like. You never know. You never know what it's going to look like. You know, you, you uh, look at Christmas. Christmas is a big surprise, wasn't it? Hello? I mean, if you, if you don't know, we're going to really cover that next week in, in detail. Christmas was a huge surprise. Everybody was shocked. Jesus was a surpriser, wasn't he? 
I mean, think about Jesus when he walked on the water. If you don't think God had a sense of humor, when Jesus walked out on the water, do you think that there wasn't some laughter going on inside? Like, this is really gonna blow those guys up? Watch this go. You know, that, I mean, really, come on. If you don't think they'd watched him raise the dead, heal the sick, and then they're like, are you kidding? You can walk on water too? You know, that's just kind of how God is, isn't he? You know, so one of the things that we decided to do this Christmas is make this Christmas, the whole theme for this week, next week, and Christmas Eve is about surprises. And so we've actually organized up some really cool surprises for Christmas Eve. Pastor Bob Bryant was part of that, and he was like really excited about that because we were, uh, what we decided to do, we decided to take the money that we had left from cancellation of things like trunk or treat and different big deals that we do, put it all together and give it away to people who were hurting. So that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do on Christmas Eve. That's what we're gonna do. That, 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 that was the whole goal. And so Pastor Bob, because he loved the poor so much, that was really a passion for him. So he'll be with us that night, I'm sure, and uh, cheering from heaven saying, yay, God. Yeah, way to go, you dummies down there. Hurry up. <laughs> no, no, you know, so, so what we wanna do today, I just wanna do a little flyover on the book of Ruth. So if you've got a Bible, an iPad, or a phone, I want you to turn to the book of Ruth because Ruth is a story of uh, surprises. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a story of surprises. A lot of people are shocked when they find the Christmas story is embedded in the story of Ruth. So if you don't know where Ruth is, you go back to the beginning of your Bible, find the book of Judges, and then you'll find Ruth. So when we're talking about, we're talking about surprises, I, I wanna ask you to be honest with me. How many of you hate surprises? I see one hand, two hands. Some of us just, I mean, I'll tell you what, this is a secret and I don't tell anybody this, but I'll share it with you guys today. I have this rule for the last 30 years at Water of Life, no surprises on the weekend, which means for me, when I come in here, I don't want somebody to go, oh, we changed the service and we're doing this and this, this. I'm like, oh, you know, just don't surprise me. Let's uh, pray it through, know what God is doing. I, I, I don't care if God surprises me, he can do whatever he wants. So if he's surprised, it's whenever people surprise me. You know, God surprises, I'm okay with. People surprises, they freak me out on the weekend. So I always tell the people, please don't do that, please don't do that, please don't surprise me on the weekend. But how many of you know life is made up of surprises? I mean, it just is, what, what, whatever that looks like. I mean, nobody thought 2020 was gonna look like the big surprise it became, did we? Nobody did. We're like, the COVID surprise, the mass surprise, the racial tension surprise. I mean, it was just been a year of what? I mean, surprise, some of you were really surprised the government sent you a check. <laughs> that is a surprise. That's a, now, some of us were really surprised that the Dodgers finally won the World Series. So that was like, and the Lakers won the NBA championship. And so LA is the champions of the world and nobody got to go. <laughs> surprise, huh? <laughs> it's like the whole year has been like that. Surprises are just the stuff of life. I mean, that's just what makes up life. An unanticipated diagnosis, you know, a bouquet of roses. You hate the diagnosis, you love the roses. An unexpected guest, maybe you were happy, maybe you weren't, I don't know. You know, how about, this is a California surprise, a car that pulls out in front of you. you know, how many know you get those surprises all the time here, right? And, and, and the reality is every day, life is full of what? Surprises, it just is. You never know 
how you're going to be surprised at what it's going to look like. And God is a God of surprises. He just is a God of surprises. He's just full of surprises. His ways are not what? They're, they're not. Uh, you, we got, you guys are doing good over here. This side, you're flunking over here. But you guys are, you're rocking it over here. Okay. So, so, so no time of the year ever stands out for surprises like Christmas. You remember when you were a kid? Did you love the surprise at Christmas or what? You, you, you did. I mean, I mean, we all love surprises at Christmas time. It's like, whoo, it was awesome, 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 the surprises that came at Christmas time. Now, here's the problem with God's surprises. Sometimes we don't like them. Have you noticed that? Sometimes God surprises you with things you're just like, no, thank you. Not interested in that. And God's like, hold it, hold it, hold it. I want you to look deeper. That's the book of Ruth, by the way. I want you to look deeper. Don't give up on first glance because I'm doing something supernatural and you're going to miss it unless you look deeper. Now, the problem with looking deeper is some of us have attitudes. Now, attitudes, okay? So I'm gonna show you an attitude that I think some of us have that keep us from experiencing the supernatural touch of God and the surprises. Watch this little video with me. What is it? What did Santa bring? Unfortunately, that is some of us with God, isn't it? It's like God's got, I'm blessing, and you're like, I want a toy. I'm not sure I want that blessing, you know? That's not the blessing I had in mind. You know, the Bible says that God surprises people all the time, everywhere. It says in Isaiah 64, 3, it says, when you performed awesome deeds, you took us by surprise. You came down, and the mountains trembled before you. Acts chapter 3, verse 10, it says, they saw that this man got supernaturally healed, he had been at the temple begging money at the door of the temple, and they were full of wonder and surprise at what had taken place. 1 Thessalonians 5.4 says, however, brothers, you were not in the darkness in order that the day of the Lord might surprise you like a thief. How many know some of us are going to be super surprised when Jesus comes back and we're not ready? You know, there's going to be people that are Christians and are going to be surprised even though they should have been ready. Isaiah 43.19 says this, behold, I'm doing something new. Now it springs forth, do you not get it? I'm gonna make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert and rivers in the desert. The truth is this, the whole Bible is full of what? Surprises, in the book of Ruth, no book I don't think in the Bible, as much as the book of Ruth, is about Christmas surprises. And so, here's where we're gonna go. We're just gonna do a flyover. So you got your Bible, your iPad, your phone. Look at Ruth chapter one. We're gonna go through the whole book in the next few minutes, but watch this. If you don't know the book of Ruth, this happened during a period called the time of the judges. Now the time of the judges was kind of like 2020 in our land. It was crummy. 
It was a crummy time. Things were out of control. There was no leadership. It just wasn't a good time. And it says in verse 1, it came about in the days of the judges, when the judges governed, that there was a famine in the land. So there was a famine. Things were hard and harsh and bad. Oh, 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 hold it. What did the package look like? Did it look good? No, the package did not look good. And there's a guy who lives in a place called Bethlehem. Uh-oh, that is the town of Christmas, is it not? Bethlehem. So I want you to just think like this. This is 1,100 years before Jesus came, and God was already doing something for Christmas. This is all part of the Christmas story. So watch this. It says that there was this guy, and he was in Bethlehem, but he moved his family to Moab with his wife and his two sons. Now, the guy's name was Elimelech, and that's important because it means my God is king. But he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he had the right name, but he was the wrong guy. His God was not his what? It wasn't his king. He did something that looked good on the surface and wasn't good underneath. You ever made that kind of decision? Where rationally you looked at something and go, I, I think God would be good with this. I'm going to go with it. And then what happened? It was what? Yeah, it was S-T-U-P-I-D. Okay. It, it was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. It wasn't spirit-led. It wasn't the Holy Spirit moving. It wasn't the power of God doing it. It wasn't supposed to happen. It was hard. It was harsh. There was a famine in the land, and the guy just went, look, I got to feed my family. But, but, but it lacked faith. Friends, it doesn't matter how smart your decision looks if it lacks faith. It is not going to be blessed by God. It's not going to be a God decision. It's not going to be the Spirit of God working in it if it lacks faith. And this whole decision lacked faith. So the package, listen, the package on the outside looked good. It was go to Moab and get something to eat. But the package on the inside was full of loss and great sorrow. And so the book of Ruth is really a book about what? Loss and great sorrow at the beginning, and then huge destiny and blessing at the end. But only because they didn't say, I want a toy. That's the only reason. And friends, some of you miss your destiny because you have that attitude. You miss what the Spirit is saying because it's hard at the beginning, but it's full of destiny at the end. It is what Romans 8.28 says. What does Romans 8.28 say? For all, what, what does it say? For what? All, say that word loud with me, for all things. All things work together for good. All things. God, listen, God can do supernatural things with the surprise. It might look bad on the outside and be really a great blessing on the inside. But God is up to something and you gotta remember that all the time. So here's the story of Ruth. They move to Moab and her husband dies. Her husband dies. It says they lived there about 10 years. And the boys married these two Moabite women, which they weren't supposed to do because they were foreigners and these were Jews and they were not supposed to marry out of Judaism. But they did. One's name was Orpah, one of the wives, and the other one's name was Ruth. They lived there about 10 years. But Elimelech, it says at the beginning of verse three, her husband Elimelech died. So Naomi has this huge loss and she stays on with her two sons. And then what happens? Both of her sons die. It says in verse five that they both died and the woman was bereft of her two children and her husband. This is a story of what? Loss. This is painful, man. This is lonely. This is full of, whew, some deep, serious heartache. So she makes a decision. Verse six, 
She arose with the daughter-in-law, and she said she's going to leave the land of Moab because she heard that the Lord was moving in Israel, and there was food there again. So she departed from the place where she was, who and her two daughter-in-laws with her, and they went to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi knew they were foreigners, and her boys should have never married them. So she actually says to them, don't come with me because there's no hubbies there for you. Nobody's going to marry you if you go to my place because it's against the rules. They are not supposed to marry you. Now it says, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go and return in verse 8. Go and return each to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you've dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you would find rest each in the house of her husband so that they would get married there and have a family. Then she kissed him and they lifted up their voices and they wept. And they said to her, no, we're going to go back with you to your people. And she says, why would you go with me? I, I, I don't have any kids to be your husbands, and you're not going to find a man in Israel because they're not supposed to marry you. If I said I had hope, I should even have a husband and bear sons, would you wait until they grew up? She said, there's no chance for you guys. That's what she's saying, no chance. So my daughters, the package is bad. It says that at the end of verse 13. No, my daughters, it's harder for me than for you, for the hand of the Lord has gone against me. No, no, no. Now, her name, her name, Naomi, means sweet and pleasant. <laughs> and she wasn't. She was not sweet or what? She was bitter. She actually says that in the next chapter. She says, call me Mara, because in Hebrew, Mara means what? Bitter. I'm a bitter person who wanted a toy. <laughs> no, really, that's the story here. She's a, she, she's a bitter person, and she missed the blessing. And, and, and listen, you gotta figure this out, friends. You can't see on the surface what the Spirit is doing a lot of times. If you wanna be a follower of Jesus, be empowered by the Spirit and move in the Spirit, you've got to believe beyond what you can what? See. And even what you feel sometimes, you've got to believe that. You've got to see past that. This is a sad story of a lady who missed her blessing. Now, there wouldn't have been a fulfillment here if Ruth wouldn't have been in the story because Ruth was the only person in the story who had what? Faith. She had faith. She wasn't a Jew, but she had faith. Now, the reality is, is that she starts, to, she starts to move in faith as she goes back. Watch this. She's supposed to go back. It says in verse 14, they lifted up their voices and they wept. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Then they said, behold, your sister-in-law. She looks at her and says, your sister-in-law went back to her people. Now watch this. And her gods. And her gods. Go return to your sister-in-law. Do you understand? She doesn't have any faith. Naomi has no faith. She, she's like, just go back and worship whoever you worship. You know, it's better than what's happening to me. Verse 16, famous verse, right? Hello? Famous verse. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you for what? Where you go, what? Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, what? I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be. Okay, she had more faith right there than Naomi ever dreamed of having. Okay, so watch this. Now, now, now by the way, have you heard this used in weddings? Isn't this great in a wedding? But this wasn't done with a wedding. This was a daughter-in-law to her mother-in-law, so try that at the next wedding you go to. Yeah, I don't think that will fly very far. I'm with you, girl, not with him. I'm with you. No, no. Okay, so watch. 
So, so watch what happens. It says, when, when she saw she was determined to go with her, she didn't say anything else. So they went on their way and they came to the place called what? Bethlehem. Now look at Bethlehem. It says they had come to Bethlehem and the city was stirred because of them and the women said, is this Naomi? Well, she'd been gone somewhere between 10 and 15 years. So they're like, is this you, girl? And it says the city was stirred. Let me help you with the city. It was 200 people. <laughs> what city are you from? I'm from Los Angeles. There's 200 people here. No, 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 listen. There was 200 people. Bethlehem was really a village. Do you get that? It was a small village. But they called it here, they interpreted the word as a city. It was a small village. And the people all knew each other. And they knew that her and her husband had checked out 15 years ago. So they say to her, they said, is it you? And she said, don't call me Naomi. Because that means I'm sweet and nice. And I'm not. I want a toy. Yeah. <laughs> call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. She missed something in the story. The decisions that her husband made. Is that right? And the decisions she made with her husband. She missed that part. How I many know that's an important part of the story? You know, you reap and you sow and you sow and you reap. And she missed that part. She wants to blame God for all of her bad choices. So, so, so here you go. She said, I went out full. I had a husband, two kids. Package looked great. But look what happened. God brought me back what? Empty. So don't call me Naomi because the Lord has witnessed against me and God has afflicted me. So Naomi returned and with her Ruth the Moabite girl, her daughter-in-law, they returned from the land of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now that's really important context in this story because it is the barley what? Harvest. So you gotta think like this to just give you some context in this next chapter. What happens is they had a welfare system in Israel and the welfare system was if you were poor, widowed like these ladies, then you could go out to the field of somebody who had money and was rich and they had to leave the corners of the field for you to glean. So it was a built-in welfare system. So think like this, collect cans, pick up plastic bottles. Think like that, right? That's like where she lived. She was at the bottom of the food chain and she's out collecting bottles to eat. That's, that, that, that's a picture of Ruth. But, but, but hold it, she hadn't given up hope. Hello, did you get that part? She hadn't given up hope, watch her. It says, now Naomi has had a kinsman of her husband, verse one, chapter two, a man of great wealth. And he was part of the family of Elimelech, her husband. His name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, please let me go into the field and glean some of the ears of grain because she understood that there was this culture of caring. Now you gotta get this part. How many of you know God always wants to shape a culture of caring? Hello? Of generosity. Now this week, some of you saw Ron Hill here last week and, and Ron called me this week and he said, Pastor Dan, I have a dream right now that the Lord put on my heart that I know all these pastors in Los Angeles that are starving. Their churches are small. They don't have any money. They're closed down, they can't meet. And I really felt like the Lord asked me to give each of them $2,000 before Christmas. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, so I'm trying to collect $40,000. Would you help me? 
And I said, well, that's a pretty steep mountain, you know. That's a, and I, I said, to talk to me about this. And I, he said, I said, have you collected any money? You got anybody to help you? And he said, actually, I'm up close to 20,000. I said, really? So you, you're, you're out there, you're doing it. And he said, yeah. I go, I'll tell you what. And I was praying while I'm talking to him. And see, we have a lot of really generous people at Water of Life who gave their COVID money to help people like this. Is that right? So I said, I will give you $20,000 to make up the other half of this for these pastors in Los Angeles. Because we have a culture of generosity, is that right? And caring for people that are hurting. And then, and then the same day, I get contacted by a friend, and actually Steve Trevino's here, but I get contacted by a friend who says, Dan, would you help us in Afghanistan? You know, there's kids all over Afghanistan and they are starving, they're orphaned. And it's winter now and there's no food and there's no money and we can feed hundreds of people, like 600 people for a month on, 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 on $20,000. Would you help us? And I thought, you know what? We have $20,000 in the COVID fund. And so I gave them $20,000, okay? So in one day, your money went around the world and to Los Angeles, and you have no idea, those of you who gave your COVID stimulus money, you have no idea that you're gonna get to heaven and some little kid's gonna run up to you someday and said, you fed me when nobody else cared about me. Amen, that's what we're supposed to do. That's the story here. That's the story of Ruth. That's a picture of the heart of the Father. And so, so literally, it looks like a story of loss, but it's actually a story of gain. It looks like everything was gone, but Ruth pressed in and she believed beyond and she got the blessing. And friends, some of you need to get that right now. Instead of sitting home and saying, what? I want a toy. You need to get back in the race. You need to believe beyond your loss. You gotta hope when you don't have hope. You gotta say, look at the package, looks crummy on the outside, but God is a good God. There's gotta be something good in this thing for me. Somewhere here, there's gotta be God's hand in this thing. I gotta find God's hand. Because he, listen, he is, does not leave you or forsake you. He made you a promise. It is a story of loss that turns into a story of conquering. So, so, so. Let, let me explain that to you. That is what happened Tuesday after we did Pastor Bob's memorial on Monday, and Lori's telling me Tuesday, we went out and we get handed out blankets Tuesday night at the hospital at Kaiser, Ontario to COVID patients that are waiting outside in the cold. Now, ho ho hold it, hold it. You just buried your husband the day before and you are at Kaiser, Ontario, what are you doing? Well, let me explain something to you. 99.9% .9 of us would have been home saying what? I want a toy. Come on, wouldn't we? I don't like the box. What did you do to my life? And what did Lori do? She went and got blankets and friends and went down, come on, help me. I, I don't know about you, but 99.999% of us, we would have been home on a couch saying, I want a toy, okay? But you don't get a destiny by sitting on your couch saying you want a toy. You gotta understand, that's the picture of Ruth. The, re the reason Ruth got destiny 
is because she partnered with God. It's what the book of James says, says faith without works isn't faith at all. You gotta engage, friends. Some of you are like, I believe, then engage. Engage, I know your loss is real. I know your pain is high. Engage, go back and believe that there's something in the box that's greater than the loss. There's something else in the story. Now, 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 are you gonna understand it? No, no, you will not understand it. You gotta get that part. You don't understand it. You're not supposed to understand it. Supernatural. It's a God thing. You can't understand it. It's God's deal. It's what he does that you and I can't do. So, so watch Ruth. God surprised her because of her faith. In spite of herself, God surprised her. So watch what happens. It says she goes out to glean in the field and something happens. This guy notices her. It says in verse five of chapter two, Boaz said to his servants, who's the girl over there? And the servant said to the, the, the one who's in charge of the reaper said, that's a young Moabite girl that came back with Naomi from the land of Moab. She's a foreigner, you know, she, she's not really not supposed to be here doing this, but she's here. And, and, and she said, please could I glean and gather a, a, after the reapers? And thus she came and she's been here from morning until now. It says literally she stayed into the evening. So she was there all day long, believing beyond her situation. And it says that Boaz came to Ruth and said, listen carefully, my daughter, don't glean anywhere else. Because listen to me, God shows supernatural favor to people who chase after him. Don't miss that part of the story. Some of you wonder, why don't I get favor? Why don't I, because you gotta go after God. You go after God, you go after God, go after God, and he will give you favor you don't deserve. He'll do things for you you can't ever do for yourself. That's the story of Ruth. And so, look, she gets favor from this guy. She's never met him before, his name's Boaz. He says, please let me glean, gather after them. And he says, listen, you can have whatever you want, girl. I've commanded my servants not to touch you. And when you're thirsty, you come and draw water, it says at the end of verse nine. And, 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 and I told my servants to just take care of you. She falls on her face and says, are you kidding? I found favor in your sight. Yeah, because God gave you favor, even though I'm a foreigner. Please understand that she got the picture. She got, she didn't deserve anything in this foreign land, but God, listen, God had a surprise. Is that right or not? Come on, did God have a surprise, yes or no? Does God have a surprise for you, yes or no? Come on, some of you need to believe this right now, man. Your life's hard, things are upside down, and God isn't done with you yet. Watch this. So Boaz says to her, all that, I, uh, all that I've done for you, your mother-in-law, for all that you've done for your mother-in-law and, 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 and your husband, and everything's been fully reported to me. You blessed other people, and now I'm gonna bless you back. You left your father, your mother, the land of your birth. You came to a people you did not previously know. May the Lord, listen to this, reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you came to seek refuge. Please don't miss that part. She was chasing after the heart of the Father. She needed healing. She was running to God for refuge. It says in verse 13, then she said, I have found favor in your sight. You have comforted me and spoken kindly to me. I am blown up by your kindness. And then at verse 14, it says at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat with us. And she ate, it says, and was satisfied. Verse 15, she rose to glean again. So she went back out. And he told his servants, let her glean even among the sheaves. Do not 
insult her. You shall purposely, I love this part, you shall secretly and purposely pull out grain from your bundles, throw it on the ground, and let her pick it up. Hello, hello, hello. I love this. This is how God works with people who chase after him. He does things secretly that you could never know that you don't deserve. You don't deserve it. And he says, watch me drop this for you. Watch me drop this in your story. And you're like, where did that come from? Friends, that comes from the favor of God. And that's what you need to realize. It comes from the hand of the Father. And so, so it says this. All all that you've done has come back to bless you, so I'm gonna give you extra. Don't insult her. Verse 16, it says, you shall purposely pull this out and don't rebuke her. Verse 17, it says, she gleaned in the field until evening. She came early in the what? Come on, say it. When when did she come? Early in the morning and she stayed till when? Then the nighttime. So you gotta get this. Some of you think like this. If God really loves me and has favor for me, he's just gonna swoop in on a magic carpet. I get on and we fly off together. That ain't happening, friends, let me tell you. That is not how you partner with God. You partner with God by getting your big head up off the couch and going and giving out blankets to people that are still hurting. You partner with God by looking past your package and saying, I want a toy. To God, what do you want from me now? I'm experiencing great loss. My heart is broken, but you're not done with me yet. So what do you want now? Friends, that's the story of Ruth. It's a story of loss that a person conquered. And, and, and the surprise, the surprise is so great because the surprise literally is that God is doing way more than she could have ever asked or thought or dreamed. So she goes home that night to her mother-in-law, verse 18, chapter two. She took it up, she went to the city, she came back to her mother-in-law, gave it to Naomi. Her mother-in-law said to her, where'd you glean today? Where'd you go to work? May he who took notice of you be blessed. She said, well, there's this guy. This guy, his name is Boaz. And Naomi said, seriously, Boaz? Well, may he be blessed of the Lord because the Lord has not withdrawn his kindness to the living or the dead. And again, Naomi said, this man is a relative. He's one of our closest relatives. And Ruth the Moabite said further, he told me just to stay close to my servants. I can go through the whole harvest with him. I can stay on his property. And Naomi, verse 22, oh, bitter girl that she is, yeah, says, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his maids and they'll protect you so nobody will fall on you and rob you, beat you up, or hurt you. In verse 23, she stayed close to the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. But, but, but now watch verse, verse one in chapter three. Her mother-in-law has an idea. Do you ever get ideas? Yes. Now, let me tell you about ideas. They can be from God or you. Hello? Listen, God gives ideas. Anybody know this? God gives supernatural ideas. There's sometimes when I wake up and God just has told me, do this series of messages. And I get up at three o'clock in the morning, run in my office and start typing. It was not my idea. But see, friends, when you get an idea, you need to go to God and say, is this God's idea or what? My idea. Because you need to know whose idea it is before you do it. And the reality is, Naomi has an idea. Now, this idea was from God, because God had a plan that he instituted in the Old Testament. It was called the Kinsman Redeemer. And the Kinsman Redeemer was a picture of Jesus. So the closest relative to a person who had suffered great loss, 
The closest relative was responsible to gather them back up and try to help restore their life. And that, friends, is a picture of who? Come on, somebody help me, who? Jesus, it's Jesus. It's a, the whole book is about Jesus. And so here it goes. Here comes Naomi's idea. It looks like a hookup, but it's really not. Okay, watch. Well, I guess it is, but it's a biblical hookup. Okay, here we go. It says, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that things could go well with you? Now, is Boaz not our kinsman with whose maid you were? Behold, he's spending the night on the floor of his uh, threshing place. So I want you to go wash yourself, anoint yourself, and put on some nice clothes, and go down there and sleep at the boy's feet. This is a weird story. Now, I know y'all got these sexual things running through your mind. That's not what is happening here, okay? So you got to help yourself there. Okay, so watch. You've been watching too many movies that you shouldn't watch. It says in verse 6, she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all her mother-in-law had commanded her. And Boaz had eaten and drank, and he fell asleep. She laid down at his feet. It happened in the middle of the night that he was startled. He said, who's there? And she said, he said, who are you? And she said, I'm Ruth, your maid. So spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. Now, Boaz knew immediately what she was talking about. She, she was referencing the kinsman redeemer law. Like, spread your covering over me, protect me, take me into your home, because my family is your family. And so he says to her, immediately he knew what was up. And he says to her, uh, then he said, may you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown your last kindness to be better than your first, because you didn't go after a young guy. You went after an old man like me who's rich. Uh, he was. No, <laughs> it says in verse 11, now my daughter, do not fear. I will do whatever you ask. But now here you get the heart of the story. Really, this is the heart of Boaz. It is true that I am a close relative to you. However, there's somebody closer than I am. Remain here and then go home, and I'll take care of this tomorrow. I'll talk to him and let him redeem you. If he does not wish to redeem you, then I'll redeem you as the Lord lives. So, so, so clearly, he's about her getting redeemed, not about what he wants. Do, do you understand the difference? Because the motive here is very, very important, friends. So it says that's how it all went in verse, verse one of chapter four. It says, now Boaz went to the city gate, then he sat down, and behold, the close relative with whom Boaz was talking about passed by. Now, let me explain something to you. That would happen every day because there was only 200 people in the town, right? So everybody would go in and out of the city gates all the time. And if you can ever come to Israel and experience this, it really helps you get your head around these kinds of stories because you go, oh, now I get it. I understand what was happening. So the guy's going out of the gates. The leaders of the city are around the gates all the time. And he took 10 of the leaders of the city, and he said, sit down here and let's talk. So they sat down and he explained something to him. He said to the closest relative, Naomi has come back from the land of Moab and she has to sell a piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. So Elimelech had some land, right? Hello? He had some land. And, and he's gonna sell it, but it needs to be kept in the family. Do you get that? That's what God was trying to do, is keep it in the family so that it could be part of the family. So literally the first, the closest relative has the choice to buy it or not buy it. So the money's gonna go to the widow, Naomi, but he has a choice to buy it. So it's a business deal. 
Then he says the closest relative, she has to sell the land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. Verse four, so I wanted to tell you and inform you, buy it before those who are sitting here as witnesses uh, 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 of my people. If you'll redeem it, redeem it. But if not, tell me that I may know, because there's nobody else except for you and I to redeem it. And the guy said, I want the land. I'm in. Awesome deal. You surprised me today. Good surprise, right? And Boaz says, oh, I got another surprise for you too. By the way, on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also get Ruth the Moabite girl. <laughs> and the guy says, I already got a wife, man. I don't need two. That's enough for one. Yes, uh, that's what he said. He said, if you, get the, if you get the land, you acquire Ruth the Moabitess and the widow of the deceased in order to raise up the name of the deceased in his inheritance. And the closest relative said, I, I can't do that. I cannot redeem it for myself because I would jeopardize my own inheritance. He would have to split it among too many families. Redeem it for yourself. You can have my right of redemption for I cannot redeem it. Now, in the customs of former times, they would remove their sandal, give it to the other person. That would close the deal. So the bottom line is, Boaz says to the elders in verse 9, and all the people, your witnesses today, that I bought the land from the hand of Naomi, all that belonged to Elimelech, and all that belonged to her, 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 her sons. So all of this, all of this, all of this goes down, right? Hello? It all goes down. It looks normal. But it's not normal. Because Ruth is not a Jew. This is not supposed to be happening, friends. This is not supposed to happen. So watch this. They, they, they say, all the people who were in the court and the elders said, we are witnesses. Verse 11, chapter four. May the Lord make the woman who's coming into your life, into your home, like Rachel and Leah, both whom helped build the house of Israel. And may you become wealth, wealthy and famous in Bethlehem. Well, did Ruth become famous in Bethlehem? She did, didn't she? Yes. Moreover, may your house be like the house of Perez, blah, 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 blah. So it, 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 it all looks so great. You, you read this and you go like this. It goes, oh, that's so great. No, no, no. No, no, this is not great. This is against the law. Hello? Now, let me explain this to you. This is the heart of your father. You need to understand this. Ruth was so faithful and so unwilling to take no for an answer and sit home with her package and say what? I want a toy, I want a toy. No, she said, I want a destiny. I'm gonna chase after God no matter what happens to me, I'm not gonna yield and I'm not gonna give up. I want a destiny. Now, now the problem with the destiny is, girl, you don't know the rules. The rules are Jews with Jews, Moabites with Moabites, you're not allowed in. I don't care if I'm allowed in, I'm coming in. Because God is a God of favor and mercy triumphs over judgment. That's how the story goes, friends. This is just like Jesus with the Syrophoenician lady that had a daughter who was demonized and she came to Jesus and she said, would you heal my daughter? And Jesus said, I'd love to, but I can't. Because I have a mission and a structure to live in. How many of you know God always gives structure? He gave a structure to live in. What was the structure? Jews first, and then what? Gentile second, non-Jewish people second. You gotta live in the structure. Jesus said, I gotta live in the structure. I can't help you right now. After all the Jews have a chance, then there'll be a time for Gentiles to get delivered and get free. And he actually said to her, he called her a dog, 
it was, you have to understand the context of the story. It was actually quite nice that he was blessing her. And she said, look, even if I'm a dog, the dogs get the scraps off the master's table. Right? And Jesus said, whoa, are you kidding me, girl? You, you're, you're full of faith. I've not seen this in anywhere in Israel like this. You are full of faith. And let it be done to you. Your daughter's been made well. Hold it. You just broke the rules, Jesus. What's up with that? You made the rule. Your father made the rule. You were told to live in the rule, and you just what? Broke the rule. How did you break the rule? Because the rule is a guideline, and the heart of the father is after your heart. It's more important than the rule. You got to get that. That's the story, friends. And so Ruth is more important than the boundary of being a Jew. And God said, listen, I got a surprise for you. Not only am I going to get her in, she's going to become the great, 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 great grandma of Jesus. Okay? Because that, friends, is the Christmas surprise. That's what happens in this story. So, so, so watch. Watch this. This is a crazy story. It says that Ruth, Boaz took Ruth, verse 13. She became his wife. He went into her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive. She gave birth to a little boy. And the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a redeemer today, you bitter old girl, sitting home on a couch saying what? I want a toy. Yeah. Blessed be you who has not left you without a redeemer today. May his name become famous in Israel. May he also be to you a restorer of life and a sustainer of your old age. Hold, hold, hold it. A redeemer? a restorer, and a sustainer. Don't those terms describe Jesus? This is a picture of Jesus, friends. You gotta get that. It's a picture of Jesus. And he says to you, he says to you, a sustainer of you in your old age, for your daughter-in-law, who loves you, you bitter old girl, is better to you than seven sons. And all the girls said what? Woo-hoo, look at us go, yes. And she has given birth to this little boy. And Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and became his nurse. And the neighbor women gave him a name and said, the son has been born to Naomi, so they named him Obed. And he was the father of a guy named Jesse, who happened to be the father of a guy named what? David. So you got your Bible, your iPad, your phone. Turn over to Matthew chapter 1. We'll finish this up with the Christmas story. Here you go, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, down in verse 5. It starts with the record of the genealogy of Jesus. It says in verse 1, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then it says in verse 5, Salmon was the father of Boaz. So Boaz had a dad named Salmon, and he was the father of Boaz, who ended up marrying who? Ruth. Broke the boundary. And you know why he broke the boundary and why he was so compassionate? Because he had a mother named what? Rahab, who also wasn't a Jew, but in fact was a whore. Did you just say that in church, Pastor Dan? I did. She was a streetwalker. Boaz's mom was a streetwalker who gave her life to God and got healed and saved and redeemed and restored. And he knew how great God was. And he knew that God would break the boundaries for people who wouldn't sit at home crying on the couch but would say, I'm gonna go for it. I'm going after God, I'm going after God, because his mom had done that, and she got woven into the fabric 
of the whole destiny of the king and the kingdom. She became Jesus. Great, 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 grandma was a whore. Now that is a Christmas surprise. That is a Christmas surprise. Listen, God, friends, will break the boundary and change the package if you don't give up. Don't give up. Don't sit home saying, I want a toy. I want a toy. God knows you want a toy. Okay, dive into the package deeper and find out that you could find a destiny in the loss, in the struggle, in the battle. God is still in the battle. He said, I'll never leave you or what? Forsake you. I'm in it with you. I am crazy about you. I will break the rules for you. I'll do whatever I can to help you. Friends, that's the story of Jesus. That's the story of Christmas. That was what God was up to 1,100 years before Christmas and Jesus' birth. That's what makes God so amazing because he is so surprising. Amen? Now, we're done, but I got, I got to tell you this. We got to, don't let loss define your journey. Don't let it define your story. Let the Redeemer define your story. Even if it starts with loss, it'll end up with gain. It'll end up with gain. Now watch this. I want to show you what happened during this year of loss. COVID, 2020, we lost Easter. What a huge loss. We have so many people get touched at Easter, but look at what happened at Easter. This year, 17,000 households, that comes to about 40,000 people watched our Easter services online. Don't, don't, listen, don't ever think this, God wasn't doing anything. You just don't know what he's doing, but he was doing something, okay? And how about this one? I just talked to you about this one. How much stimulus money you gave to serve the poor? $755,000 is almost is moving up towards $800,000. And listen, when I asked you for the stimulus money, I said, hey, would some of you pray about it? I thought you might give like $60,000. You gave almost $800,000. Are you kidding? That's impossible. That's amazing. That's generous. That's supernatural. And look at what we did with some of this money. How many people we fed at CityLink? That's 46,000 families. These are large boxes for a whole family. That's 46,000 families got food during COVID at CityLink this year. 20,000 volunteer hours. Look at this. 20, come on, 20,000 hours. That's a huge amount of hours. We prayed for over 9,500 people down at CityLink. Quietly, nobody knows. This doesn't make the newspaper, friends. But God is doing something. Don't miss that. 500 hotel vouchers to help people get off the streets, get a shower, get cleaned up, and get protected. Seven grants were given to us during COVID, the total over $2.5 million. Is that, that's, that's a lot of money. That's amazing. But now, let me give you the big surprise. Here's the big surprise. This is the shocker. In all of this, You've been so generous during COVID that we sat down here at the end of the year and we're starting to work on our budget and look at all of the money and everything. And we realized that if we have a generous December, like we usually do, and people give, you know, above and beyond like they often do here to bless, that we will have enough money to pay off the East Avenue campus in January. And we will own this property. If that wasn't supposed to happen for another year and a half. We were a year and a half away before COVID. And it looks like right now, 
Some of you have never given, you know, you're like, you, you, you've never participated. If you would participate and help us, some of you do year in giving. If you would participate, the 1st of January, we will own this property that five years ago, we owed $46 million on. Okay, so get your head around that. That is supernatural, friends. I watch God do all kinds of miracles here, but don't miss that God is still at work even when the package looks rough. Amen? Let's stand together. Let's stand together. So Christmas Eve, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do some surprises on Christmas Eve for some people that are really hurting. And really, it was the heart of Bob Bryant to do this, so we're just gonna bless him that night and believe for God to really touch some people's lives on Christmas Eve. Every service will be different. We're gonna give away different things at every service to different families and different people. So, Father, we wanna come to you and say thank you, God, that you're a God of surprises. Thank you that Christmas is a big surprise. And thank you, God, there's times that we don't like the package. But teach us, Lord, not to sit home and say, I want a toy. But to come to you and believe that you have something greater than a toy, you have a destiny that you want to unfold in the hearts of people like Ruth who would chase after you. So I pray that in our hearts, I just thank you for the generosity of the people of Water of Life. So much you've done to touch so many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, I know this is an exciting season for us to hear and start talking about uh, the Christmas story and the Christmas season. I know that hearing from our pastors about this has been uh, awesome as, uh, today as well. And so I just want to encourage you, before you head out, uh, I have a couple of things I want you to think about, something to reflect and respond on as we uh, get out and head into our week and kind of get into the busyness of this Christmas season. And so here's a couple of verses that I think we can reflect on this week. Uh, maybe like if you're like me, my small group is on break now. This is a great way to kind of do your Bible study throughout the week. But here's a few verses that I want you to read through this week and take a look at them. Just consider um, as you reflect about the Christmas story. The first is uh, Isaiah 64, 3. Um, Acts 3, 10, 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, and Isaiah 43, 19. I love how the Old Testament talks about Christ almost as much as the New Testament, if not more. And so also wanted to give you some encouragement to reflect on, uh, and that would be this. Pay attention to the daily ways you see God's expression of goodness and caring and receive them as surprise gifts. This season, we talk about giving to each other all the time and even giving ourselves to God, but it's a great thing to think that God still has gifts that he wants to give to you. James says that all good gifts come from our Heavenly Father above. And so that's an encouraging thing that even, even at this time, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, God still wants to give you new gifts. And so I wanna encourage you as well today. If you're looking for prayer, you can, and you're on in our online chat forum, you can uh, click that, that little button that says get prayer and you can get prayer from one of our online pastors right now. They'll be posting instructions about how you can receive prayer right now. And of course, you can always call us during the week at the office. Uh, we're always ready to take, pick up that phone and uh, have, have prayer with someone who really needs it. And so I wanna encourage you, we are here for you this season. Uh, I know for some of us, it's a great season, it's an exciting season. For other people, it's not always that way. And so just wanna encourage you, whatever you're feeling right now, we're here for you. We look forward to seeing you each week right back here. So uh, as you head into your week, God bless you. We love you. Uh, we'll see you next Sunday.